Good morning, everybody. Uh, welcome to St John's Online Church on Sunday, July the 26th. Uh, my name is Matthew Luff and I'm the vicar here and uh, it's lovely to welcome you and lovely to see faces uh, who are familiar. Uh, but if you're just touching base with us for the first time, then uh, do feel uh, welcome here. Uh, we've been following through uh, uh, the book of Acts and uh, we're just asking ourselves questions really. I, I wonder how things worked out. How I wonder how the early church made decisions. I wonder how they knew what was going on. I wonder how they knew uh, what to do. And so we're looking forward to what David Poulter uh, is going to give us on those, on those thoughts uh, later on. A little bit of housekeeping from me. First of all, um, we are going to share a little bit of bread and wine together in an agape uh, style uh, time together. Uh, so this is a time to pause and get some bread and wine if you want to join in with that later. I'm just going to sit here for a bit while you go and do that. Other other news, uh, the PCC have approved that we open for communion on Sunday uh, the 2nd of August so that at 10am we'll be able to hold a small uh, communion service and I've made a little video um, which I'll just show you what to expect and of course we'll sort of talk everybody through it so that we all feel as safe as possible uh, and on the video I do underline that we are prioritizing or giving first refusal to those who haven't been able to access much of our online material but um, you'll be contacted in the week and to see what you uh, feel about that and that's important also um, I had to record in here because there's so much noise with the builders going on you expect noise with builders so that's on me um, but um, we have got building work going on and scaffolding and that presents a bit of a risk um, for lots of people uh, in the same place so we're not open for private prayer this week so and in fact while the scaffolding's up so that's just to keep everybody safe as possible okay um, I thought it'd be good to start with a psalm always a good idea to sort of bring our minds and focus to God and this morning Psalm 105 give thanks to the Lord call on his name Make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him. Sing praise to him. Tell of all his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord and his strength and seek his face always. Heavenly Father, as we think about the early church seeking your will, seeking your face, we pray that we would be reminded of your kindness towards us, your love for us and your plans uh, the things you've given us to do. Pray that we would be open-minded and open-hearted. In Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning to you all, and may I add my welcome to this morning's virtual service. Today we're continuing to look at the life of the early church, as recorded in the book of Acts. Last week, Matt spoke about the importance of prayer in the life of those early Christians and, of course, of ourselves. And this morning we're going to continue along much the same lines. The title for this morning's talk is I Wonder How God Is Involved. At first thought, that title may seem a little strange. As Matt shared last week, when we pray, we're speaking to a loving Heavenly Father who's interested in everything we do and who is involved in everything that we do. However, when we read a passage such as the one we're thinking about today, it is worth exploring a bit further. So, before we begin that exploration, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and we pray that your Holy Spirit will open it up to us today to better equip us in our service 
and fellowship with you. Amen. Now when this incident takes place, the Apostles have returned to Jerusalem after witnessing the ascension of Jesus. Together with the other believers, about 120 of them we're told, they're spending their time in prayer and fellowship. Of course, we know that Judas Iscariot is no longer with them, and so Peter speaks to the assembled fellowship about the need to find a replacement to bring the number of apostles back up to 12. Why was this necessary? As I've just said, we can see from the reading that there were about 120 believers gathered there, both men and women. So why did they feel it necessary to appoint a replacement for Judas? One reason which most commentators agree on is that the number 12 is significant since that's the number of the original tribes of Israel and the new covenant that Jesus came to bring about was very firmly based on the old. As Jesus said, I've not come to destroy the old, but to fulfil it. Now was God involved in the selection of those original twelve apostles? I believe so. If we read Luke's account of this, in chapter 6, verse 12, we see that before choosing the twelve apostles, Jesus went away by himself onto a mountainside and spent the night in prayer. Much has been written and said about the choice Jesus made. The twelve were a very mixed bunch from a variety of backgrounds, and of about half of them, including Matthias who we're thinking about this morning, we know virtually nothing about them other than the mentions of them in the lists of the Apostles. Incidentally, I've often wondered how much of that night in prayer was spent agonising over the selection of Judas, but that's not for us to know or be concerned about today. What is important is that the selection of those twelve was not something random. God was very much involved, as he was with everything that his son accomplished during his time here on earth. Perhaps another reason for needing a replacement for Judas is that when Jesus sent the disciples out, he sent them out in pairs, as we see in Luke chapter 10, presumably for mutual support and encouragement. Of course, we don't know how the disciples were paired up when Jesus sent them out, whether brother went with brother or whether they were mixed up. What we can be fairly certain of, though, is that they'd have been willing to have been paired up and would have supported and encouraged each other, each other as they went about their travels. We can see this pairing up continued in the book of Acts, where we read of Peter and John involved in ministry together. And then also later on, Paul and Barnabas, Paul and Silas and so on. This supporting of each other in ministry is a very good principle. When Anne and I were living in Plymouth, a long time ago now, 
We were blessed to be part of a Sunday evening group made up of naval men and women, nurses, teachers and others, coming from a mix of denominations and backgrounds, but enjoying meeting together each Sunday evening for a time of prayer and fellowship. At that time, two of us in the group were involved in ministering to churches across a fair part of rural Devon and Cornwall often to small congregations without their own ministers. And it was a real blessing that the fellowship undertook to ensure that one of them accompanied Alan or myself so that when we went out we were not on our own. So back to our reading. The believers, including Mary the mother of Jesus and his brothers, were in Jerusalem as Jesus had instructed them. Earlier in the chapter we can read that they were told to remain in Jerusalem until they received the gift of the Holy Spirit promised to them by the Father. And at some point Peter stood up in the midst of them, reminded them of what had happened, and actually quoted a verse from Psalm 109 which speaks of the need to replace the one who is no longer with them. It may seem a little odd that Peter quotes one verse out of what is quite a long psalm, but I'm sure that there are many of us who, in prayer, have had a verse of Scripture come to mind. The New Testament, of course, has many instances of this, both in the life of Jesus and in the life of the early church. Two of the company seemed to be the prime candidates. Joseph, called Barsabbas, who was also known as Justus, and Matthias, both of whom had been with Jesus and his band of followers from the very beginning. We, we sometimes forget this, picturing Jesus and just the twelve travelling around during his time on earth. <coughs> Excuse me. But in fact, there were many more who accompanied them. For instance, in Luke chapter 6, verse 17, we read that a large crowd of his disciples were there. And we know that wherever Jesus went, there were crowds gathered to hear him, to receive healing from him, and to be amazed at what God was doing in their midst. Having determined on Joseph and Matthias as the two most suited to be the twelfth disciple, the company prayed, asking God to reveal which of them should be chosen. Thinking about the title for this talk, it is clear that prayer is the best way to get God involved in the decision-making. And yet surprisingly, the decision is not made immediately after the time of prayer. In verse 26 of our reading, we see that after praying and asking God to show them which of these two men should take over this apostolic ministry, they cast lots to see which disciple should be appointed. This may seem an odd thing, as if they were relying on chance to determine who should join the other eleven. However, when we read the Old Testament, 
we see that this was a regular occurrence in the life of God's people, there being well over 60 references to the casting of lots, from Leviticus right through to the book of the prophet Nahum. For instance, in their religious worship, the sacrificial goat was chosen by casting lots. And when they took over the promised land, the tribal boundaries were, promised, were determined, again, by casting lots. So these gathered followers of Jesus were following a well-known practice, casting lots and trusting that God, whom they knew to be involved in their decision-making, would lead them to the right result, which, of course, we discover to be Matthias. However, and this perhaps is significant, other than the instance of the soldiers casting lots for the cloak of Jesus at the crucifixion, there's no other mention of casting lots in the New Testament. Why was this? Well, most commentators seem to agree that the reason for this was what happened at Pentecost. Sometime after this event, when the Holy Spirit was poured out on all believers. When Jesus spoke about this to the disciples, as we read in John chapter 15, he said, The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything that I have said to you. Jesus also said in John chapter 16 that when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. That same Spirit is at work in each one of us today to guide us, to teach us, to strengthen us and to equip us to follow in the footsteps of those first disciples, including Matthias, as we seek to share the good news of the Gospel. So, in answer to the question, I wonder how God is involved, there's really a very simple one-word answer. Completely. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you are indeed involved with each one of us. Help us to keep our ears and eyes open for that which you reveal and speak to us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Whenever you're ready. Okay. Let us bow our heads together in a spirit of thanksgiving, lifting to the Lord through Jesus Christ who intercedes for us the needs of the world, our country and each other. Please join with me in the response to Lord in your mercy. God of compassion, we thank you for your mercies which are new every morning and for the countless blessings you shower upon us daily, especially this beautiful summer. We give thanks for your protection, for your deliverance from COVID-19 and for bringing us safely to the beginning of this new day. Thank you for the gift of sleep as we pray for those who find the night hours a tough time. 
that they may know your grace and find rest. Father, we pray for the Christian church across a world which remains in chaos, heightened by the pandemic. We pray for all the Christian-led projects which bring help and hope to many, and for those who strive for a more equal distribution of wealth. We remember those who suffer persecution because of their faith. We pray that you would give them courage and hope, their eyes fixed on the glories yet to come. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for our church leaders in this country, for Archbishop Welby and the new Archbishop of York, Stephen Cottrell, that these men appointed by you would, stroke, would show strong leadership, which is true to your word and not leaning towards cultural trends. We pray for Bishop Martin, for Matt, and all those who contribute towards the daily reflection. Father, please guide all those making decisions regarding safe corporate worship as we look forward to being together and praising you in song. Dear Lord, we continue to pray for our government and our politicians in all parties, who we trust to do the best for our nation at this time and not act in self-interest. Correct, guide and encourage them. Temper the tongues of those who are quick to criticise and apportion blame. We pray for those involved in Brexit negotiations, for a fair and timely outcome. We pray that the messages we have heard during lockdown, particularly as regards our environment and individual lifestyles, will remain with our fellow countrymen as we gradually regain some freedom. Remind us all not to be complacent. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father, we thank you for our royal family, for your protection on them. Bless Elizabeth, our Queen, and Prince Philip in their last years. Thank you for their long lives and service to our country, which is beyond measure. We pray for the next two generations who are hardworking and conscious of the needs of the less fortunate in society. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Dear Lord, we do pray for those who are victims of abuse, any kind of violence, intolerance and prejudice. We pray for your light to shine upon the plight of asylum seekers and those working in poor and unsafe working conditions, often so that the rest of us can buy cheap goods. We pray for children who are malnourished as a result of the lockdown, partly because of schools being closed. Please show us how we can help bring them out of poverty and make a difference. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father, Closer to home, we pray for anyone we know who is struggling at this time, either because of failing health, financial worries, family conflict, those who are apprehensive about possible unemployment. We pray for those who are recently bereaved, for the lonely, for those who are still fearful to venture further than the safety of their home. Give them courage one day at a time, bring them hope and the peace that only you can give. Heavenly Father, we know Jesus chose ordinary men to be his disciples and transformed them into extraordinary ones. Help us also to stay close to you and follow Jesus as best we can, standing up for him whenever there is an opportunity, especially at this crisis time when there are so many sheep without a shepherd. God of our pilgrimage, 
bring us with joy to the eternal city and give to our earthly cities the peace that comes from above. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, I'd like to thank uh, David for his message. And um, as we draw together and we sort of pull things together, it's really important, isn't it, to think how the early, remind ourselves that the early church were united. Uh, they did things together. And although we're separated physically, we can unite in certain things, around certain things, can't we? And sharing uh, bread to represent the body of Christ and wine to share his blood shed for us it is one of those ways. I found this little prayer at the back of the book of Proverbs. Uh, good old wisdom. Two things I ask of you, Lord. Do not refuse me before I die. Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise I may have too much and disown you, and say, Who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal, and so dishonour the name of my God. As we come together to share those things which unite us, it's Good to be reminded of those things isn't it the name of the lord we live in his name because of his name in the power of his name sometimes we as we dishonor that name so we come to a time of confession god our father we come to you in sorrow for our sins for turning away from you and ignoring your will for our lives father forgive us save us and help us for behaving just as we wish without thinking of you. Father, forgive us, save us and help us. For failing you by what we do and think and say. Father, forgive us, save us and help us. For letting ourselves be drawn away from you by temptations in the world about us. Father, forgive us, save us and help us. For living as if we were ashamed to belong to your Son. Father, forgive us, save us, and help us. For may the Lord enrich us with his grace and nourish us with his blessing. May the Lord defend us in trouble and keep us from evil. May the Lord accept our prayers and absolve us from our offences. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Saviour. Amen. Who gave his body for us that we might live. And who shed his blood for us, that we would be clean. So may the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord make his face shine upon us and be gracious to us. May the Lord look upon us and grant us his peace. Amen. I look forward to seeing you soon. Well, good morning, everybody. And uh, this is what St John's looks like at the moment as we've prepared it uh, to make it as safe as possible to share Holy Communion, which the PCC have agreed to start from August the 2nd, and we'll do that from 10 a.m. Uh, we decided to give priority or first refusal uh, to those who haven't been able to engage with our material online, and uh, we thought that was fair. And so the office will be making contact 
um, from Monday to Wednesday to try and catch people up, see if they, see if they want to uh, follow through on wanting to be here for communion together. And then we will, um, we know that other people have indicated they're interested too. We've got room for about 20, 24 people. So uh, I think everybody who said so uh, they were interested will be able to come. Um, I just need to move some of those chairs around at the end. Anyway, I hope you find that helpful. And uh, we look forward to worshipping together. And uh, we look forward to seeing more changes uh, as they start to filter through. Um, this will not last forever. <laughs> God bless.